Today, Jesus asks one of the most profound questions in all the scriptures. This is a fundamental faith question that Jesus asks that all followers must answer, not just once, but throughout their lives. Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And who do we say that Jesus is? When we think about this, every person here believes something about God. And if I asked you one at a time to stand up and give us your answers, I bet we would find that there are many different answers about who we believe God is and what we believe God does. Yes, even Christians probably and can have different ideas about the one God that we all worship. Not only that, but our understanding of God and our image of God can shift and change over our lifetime. In fact, as we progress on our personal faith journey, our image of God should change for us to get to know Jesus a lot better. But why is this important for us? The reason why this is important for us to answer is because how we answer it directly, directly affects the way that we live and the directly, it directly affects our faith and it directly affects the way that we live out our lives. This personal image affects how we pray, it affects how we talk about God, and it affects how we spread the gospel to other people. And we see the importance of this in today's gospel because what Peter said about Jesus was critical to Jesus' mission. So what we believe about God is vital, and that's probably why Jesus initiated the conversation with his disciples that we see in the gospel today. Because Jesus knew that what his disciples thought about him would affect his plan for the world. Their image and understanding of him was vital. So Jesus sits down in the gospel today with his disciples and has a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with them. He first asks them a fairly easy question. He says to them, what do other people say about me? What do other people think about me? Well, some say, as you heard, John the Baptist, others Elijah, others one of the prophets. And this is a fairly easy question for them because really what the disciples are doing is they are just sharing what other people believe. That wouldn't be a difficult question for us, would it? No. But then Jesus puts them on the spot. Then Jesus arrives at the point that he needs to have an answer to, to in order to continue his work. Jesus asks the harder question, the most important question, the one he needs the answer for, for his plan for the world. He asks his disciples, who do you say I am? And it's Peter who answers, not from his own knowledge, but from God. Peter answers this question divinely inspired. 
Let's talk about you and I. Let's talk about you and me. Who do you say that Jesus is? If Jesus himself were to ask us that question, how would we answer this question? If Jesus were to look at us, would the lives that we are living be reflecting the way that we would answer that question? What do you believe about God, really? What do you believe about Jesus? The answer to this question and the way you answer it and we answer it personally will set the course for our lives. Why is this important to Jesus, to us, and to the world? The answer to this lies in the second part of our gospel reading today. After Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus blessed him and told him that he would build his church on Peter. He would build his church on the rock of Peter's faith and that the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, would not prevail against it. So this is the first time in the Gospels that Jesus uses the word church. In some of the other translations of the Bible, the word church is not used, but is replaced by the word community, which lets us into how Jesus wants to implement his plan for our salvation and the salvation of the world. Don't you think this is significant? I certainly do. Peter's answer, divinely inspired as it was, that Jesus is the Christ becomes the foundation of our church. It becomes our creed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Jesus promises to build his church on the rock of Peter's faith. But in implementing and starting the church, Jesus says that we must continue to build his church by the rock of our faith. But why do we need a church community? Why do we need what Jesus implements? Why can't we do this by ourselves? Well, our world needs the community of faith that Jesus founded so that his kingdom will be spread and his work will be continued. It's the way that Peter's answer will be spread and understood so that all people may come to be able to say, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus understands us. At that time, Jesus understands us. He knows that it will be difficult for us to build and maintain our faith if we are left alone. After all, the same Peter that tells him that he is the Christ denies Jesus only after a couple of hours that Jesus leaves him alone. So Jesus built his church and his community for us because I think he understands that building and maintaining our faith is too difficult for us to do on our own, especially when troubles in life and tragedy strikes us, it's easy for our faith to start to dwindle. We need each other. We need a fellowship of believers. And Jesus knows it, which is why he spent so much time in his ministry building a community.
and it's why Jesus founded the church and gave it the continuation of his authority over sin and the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, our church may not be perfect. No association, no collection, no congregation is. But it's Jesus' plan for the world. He began the church to share his good news with all the world and to bring healing, hope, peace, justice, and love in his name to the ends of the earth. But let me remind you also, let us remember the promise that together with this, Jesus makes. He promised that as we build this church, as we build this community, nothing will prevail against it. Not even the gates of Hades. Not even sex scandals. Not even corruption or any of the challenges that our church faces from day to day and as we go through it. Nothing he promises us will separate us from the love of God in Jesus and nothing will prevail against the church that Jesus has found. That promise gives us something. It offers us a firm foundation. It's one that we can build our life of hope and meaning on. One that can survive and carry us through all the storms and trials that life may inevitably throw at us. In conclusion, what we believe in God matters. What we believe in God is important to us, to him, to the church, and also to the world. And there is no more important time for us to wrestle with this and for us to reinforce and reflect on this than right now. Because in the midst of all that we are going through in the world today, we must confess our faith and our trust in Jesus, believing with all our heart and soul and mind and strength that he is the saviour of the world, that he is the son of the living God, the one who promises to be with us in every storm, the one who offers us a peace that surpasses all understanding, the one who hears our every prayer and who assures us that he will be with us always, even to the end of age, especially in our prayers and also in his church.